afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board today, and we're happy to continue our discussion. Uh, really, uh, you know, just to to make note of of this exodus that we are um, we're witnessing. We're, we're in the middle of watching a literal mass exodus from the public schools. Uh, we're, we're we're seeing it uh, really from from coast to coast, and and we have we've highlighted and and, and documented places. Uh, such as Colorado and, and California and in Missouri and Kansas, and even here in Michigan, we're seeing it. Uh, today, I have, a, I have a very special guest on with us from Florida. Christy Davidjali is, um, she is the program director for an organization called Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, and she's on the ground. Uh, she's She's part of a grassroots movement. And and we talk about that here a lot, that it's really going to take grassroots for us to to take education back. So we're excited uh, to have her on the show today. Christy, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Dean. Christy, what can you tell us about Florida Citizens Alliance and the work that you guys are doing on the ground in Florida? Yes, well, um, Florida Citizens Alliance has been around uh, for many years now, <clears throat> since I think about two, 2006. And um, what we do is we pride ourselves in being champions of K to 12 education reform. Uh, we do that in a few in a in a few different ways. Uh, one of them is legislatively. So we have a full time uh, policy and advocacy uh, program manager, and he is actually in Tallahassee right now. Um, if he's more than likely in a, in, a, in some kind of a meeting right now or testifying on behalf of, you know, and, and showing either our support or, or opposition to some of the upcoming legislation that, uh, that we'll be seeing here in Florida. Um, so that's one, one aspect. You know, we've got a, a very large um, database of, of active members. We've got around 300,000 active subscribers right now. And those are families all throughout the state of Florida. So, you know, that's really important because when we want, uh, when we need parents to to use that voice that that, that they have and, and, and express how they're feeling about these different bills, uh, you know, we are, we're able to then send them on a call to action and and really get them activated and, and motivated to, to really changing things in this legislative process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that's one, one, one wing of it. We then have our community. Uh, community division or, or community pillar, like we like to call it. And what our community pillar consists of is our grassroots community-based kids first teams. And right now we have teams in about 27 of our 67 st- or counties throughout throughout the state. And in those teams, I mean, some of them have, you know, five, eight, 10 members, but a lot of them, they really have like two or three just really dedicated parents and community members that, you know, are, are vigilant when it comes to attending school board meetings and city council and county commissioner meetings and really just making sure that the public at large um, has a way and means for holding their elected officials accountable, you know, from a, from a grassroots standpoint. And so we really rely on our on our kids first teams a, a lot, not only for, you know, their activate their advocacy in their own communities, 
but really <clears throat> for spreading the message um, on a much larger scale, you know, when, when we need, when we need to activate everyone, because sometimes, you know, <laughs> we need to activate people. <laughs> and then the most exciting, in my opinion, part of what we do is um, our solutions pillar. And that that's, that's what I'm in charge of. So we all know that, well, I, I mean, if you're listening to this show, you probably know that our public education system, um, it is broken beyond repair. Uh, and, and no amount of reform that we bring to our public education spectrum is ever going to really make any significant change for our children. So what do we do? Do we just throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, oh, well, you know, let's just get our kids out and let's just, you know, worry about the others. Like, well, no, we can't. We have to be like Nehemiah. We have to fight with one hand and we have to guard with the other. And, and that means that we have to bring the fight into the schools and into the districts and into the state and into legislation. But it also means that we should be providing solutions for parents, for the parents that are ready to get out, for communities that are ready to get out. And so what I'm in charge of is what, what, what we like to call our micro school initiative. And what we hope to do with our micro school initiative is to help any family or church uh, or community throughout the state of Florida that has a desire to help kids exit the public school system to start alternative learning models of their own in their own communities. And that's that's what I do. We have a team of ambassadors. We've got about 10 of them right now. Uh, and but But even though we only have 10 ambassadors, we operate in probably an, roughly around 20 to 25 counties throughout the state now. That is huge. Uh, it, that's a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. We like to think so. I mean, I, you know, I've been telling one of the common themes that I say to parents a lot, well, to anyone who will listen to me, to be honest with you, is that if every church in America would just open up their doors Monday through Friday to the parents and families in just their own neighborhood or their own community, Mm-hmm. we would not have the need for a public education system. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what our organization is trying to do right now. It's trying to, to really reach these church leaders and really call them to the greater mission with that is discipling our children and, and look at the opportunity that we have. We have been, we've been discipling our kids inside of churches, um, in my opinion, uh, in a way that's been backwards for a very long time. We've been focusing on Sunday. And then Monday through Friday, we've been allowing public school teachers to disciple our children. And we've been hoping and praying that they come out alive. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it's, it is far past the time that now the church needs to step up and start discipling our children Monday through Friday as well. Agreed. I love it. You know, I, uh, I, I just got in the mail uh, Alex Newman's latest book, and I'm probably halfway through it by now. And, and in that book, he he quotes uh, Horace Mann, mm-hmm. who who says that uh, you know the, the 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 churches have have access you know to the kids one hour a week, mm-hmm. and and we want them um, you know eight hours a day, five days a week. It, it, the, the church is unable to compete with those with that time frame with those numbers. Uh, and and I, I I think you're right. I think we have 
gone about it backwards. You know, back in the day when Sunday school was, you know, was growing and and was a thing. I mean, it was probably fine. Uh, you know, our public schools. You know, we had prayer, we had the Bible in those days, and well, those days are gone. So you're right. It's time to to rethink this. We've got to look at it in a different way. So you're yeah. you're spearheading the um, the micro schools initiative. What what kind of response do you think you're getting? You know, I I know it's the goal maybe to you know for churches to open up their doors. Are you seeing um, you know responses that that you like? Would you like to see more? Um, tell me about what it's like on the ground. Ah, oh, you know, it's funny that you asked me that question, and I'm gonna circle back circled back to it in one second and touched on the what you what you had just said just previously and I'll tie it into this you know I was a, a kids pastor for one of the largest churches in uh, in my area um, for quite some time and I, I left right in the uh, in the fall of 2020 um, you know felt that God was calling me out of that and into something different and you know I had a very thriving ministry. I had, when I left, we had over 550 weekly attending kids and, you know, really thriving, thriving mm-hmm. ministry. And in, in the world standards, we would have been doing things really, really well. But, you know, I, I liked to look at our statistics, you know, like the, the numbers behind those things and like how, how many touches I was getting with these kids, because, you know, I, I understood that I was only going to get maybe max. 40 to 50 hours out of the entire year Mm. with these kids Mm -hmm. and whatever I did with them discipleship wise, it had to combat the 40 hours per week that they were receiving in, in their schools. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and no matter how much I tried, I always felt like I wasn't doing enough. And it's because I never could do enough. I would, you know, the, the odds were stacked against me from the beginning. So, you know, when you, so when you ask me this next, your, your, this question of what, what do I feel about the response that I'm getting and, and what does that look like? Um, it's a little bit disappointing uh, at times, to be honest. Uh, I think that churches, just like schools, um, just like the rest of it, you know, just like businesses and everybody else, we were all brainwashed to believe certain things in this world. And churches are no different. You know, they, they were, they've been brainwashed for many, many years to believe that, you know, they, they, if they ha- are a 501c3, that they have certain obligations. And if they, you know, if they step outside in this way, in this way, then they can lose this or if they, so we've really fallen into this really gross pattern of um, political correctness a- in the church. And I think it's hindered um, their desire not desire because the desire is there, but the motivation to actually, to actually put any action behind that desire. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to, I worked for, like I said, a a very big mega church and I worked for a lot of visionaries and we had the money to back up all of those visions. But Mm -hmm. I, what I notice with a lot of churches nowadays is you've got a lot of visionaries out there. You've got a lot of money out there, but the vision doesn't match up with and what I believe is God's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, we we tend to worry about weekend services more than we worry about, you know, some of the smaller missions, you know, in, in our local communities and our kids are a huge mm-hmm. mission. 
mm-hmm. that they're the next, they are the only hope that we have for any kind of a future. And um, sometimes I, I just feel like maybe the church isn't putting a big enough um, importance on that. But I am very hopeful because we, there have been a few really, really good uh, liberty-minded churches, not many yet, but it only takes a couple mm-hmm. to start the, to just for the forest fire to start. And I'm starting to see them pop up. So I'm, I really believe that 2024 is going to be a catalyst year for churches. It's mm-hmm. going to be a revival and, and, and an awakening for them. And I'm, I'm excited for it. <laughs> so uh, I, I can feel your excitement. I'm excited for it as well. It sounds like maybe we need to educate pastors better. How do we go about doing that? How do we go about uh, getting pastors to to see the light, uh, you know, on this? That yes, kids are the future, and 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 they should be the number one mission. Yeah, you know, I think that churches they they that they've got to start opening up their doors for some of these nonprofits that are out there that or these NGOs that are out there that um that this is their heart and this is their mission. You know, I, I ran into, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually getting ready to start one of these ministries at my own church here personally, you know, here in, in Lee County. And it's called a counteract USA club. Mm-hmm. And this, I, I bet you, you've never heard of it before because I had not. And mm-hmm. I thought I had heard of them all. Cause I mean, pray vote, you know, all those things, right. the right pray, but I've heard of them all. And this counteract USA club, it is run by a group of um, Gen Zers, and they are on fire for the on fire for the gospel, and they are they're focused on attacking today's culture through a through the lens of um uh, of how of Jesus of how Jesus would you know approaching it with grace and humility and mm-hmm. and truth and you know things that you know it's clubs like that and it's 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 young adults like them that really give me hope. And I would, I I think that many churches right now are really trying to capture the hearts of that Gen Z, of of that particular generation. And this right here would be an amazing opportunity for so many churches across the nation to really capture that demographic and Mm -hmm. put them to good use inside and outside of the church to counteract today's culture. That's a big deal. Uh, absolutely. This, um, you know, Gen Z is the group that um, that this whole thing could could pivot on. Mm-hmm. So getting a hold of them, obviously, um, is important. But, you know, also equally so this the, the work that you're doing uh, in these micro schools. So let me ask you this. What uh, what does one of your typical micro schools look like? Is it is it five days a week, <laughs> two or three? Is it just a, a variety? You know, it, it it can look like whatever um whatever that community really wants it to look like. So I've got um I, I have models that look like all kinds of things, but typically it looks like 10 between 10 and 20 students, but sometimes it's way less. Like I know I've got one right now in Broward County. They have three students right now. But, you know, by this time next year, they could have 30. It it just really depends on how large they want to scale. But what it typically looks like is around 10 students in multiple different ages, uh, typically learning the same curriculum, not necessarily the exact same sub or the exact same lesson with every single student. But, you know, a lot of the curriculums out there 
Um, and now our, and some of the, well, the ones we're working with, at least they are, they, they have the, the, uh, the mindset of, of a micro school and of, of a multi-age learning environment. They've really adopted that and they can, you could be teaching the same lesson to a second grader, a fourth grader and a sixth grader all together sitting in the same room. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, there are definitely, you know, benefits to, to being a part of, you know, something like this, a, a, a micro school, uh, you know, sometimes small can be excellent. You know, sometimes, you know, being in, in a, in a room with, you know, 15, you know, 10 kids can, uh, it can create conversation. It can, it can create, uh, yeah, just a, a better atmosphere for learning in terms of of a of a good solid one on one instructional time. Uh, most, yeah, most certainly, and and you know, st study. If you look back in history, you know the original schools that we had, they were called common schools um, or or get, uh, one room schoolhouses. They didn't have sixty, a hundred, a thousand kids in them. You know, they had ten or fifteen students in them, and mm -hmm. and they ranged in age from you know eighteen months old, depending on you know if they, if it was a parent in the classroom teaching, all the way up to you know all the way up to the time they they had to go out and apprentice. You know, with their with, uh, with their different for 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 the different trades. Mm -hmm. So this this idea of having larger classroom sizes. I don't know when I can't remember when exactly that came in, but it's such a it's such a fallacy. It's so it's so off base. And what we're seeing here in Florida is that in these micro schools, we're seeing kids that just last year were at you know in the thirtieth percentile with their reading reading proficiency. We're seeing them jump grade levels in proficiency Absolutely. over the course of a single year. That is huge. It is. It really is. And I think the numbers, we're going to really start seeing the numbers, you know, in, in about three or four, because we'll be at around five years then. So we'll, we'll really start to see the benefits when some of these kids start graduating. Okay. So um, it is, uh, I guess it, it's surprising to me, you know, hearing this, knowing that that this is the case, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised that others aren't I don't know, latching on, I, you know, I, I realize that it's growing. I'm surprised it's not growing faster. I guess that's, you know. Well, here, I'll tell you why. And because this is what we've just spent the last year. Well, what I've spent the last year figuring out, because okay. I thought the same thing when I started this, we launched this almost a year ago. And I was of the same mindset as you. I thought, man, we're going to launch 35 schools this first year. Like, like, and this is going to be great. Everyone's going to be jumping on board. And when we got to the end of the year and we had three schools launched, I was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening right now? Um, uh, you know, but I've got three officially launched. But, you know, I still have a list of, you know, 18 to 25 others that are in some process, some form of or some some variation of, you know, getting started or launching. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, what is the problem? And as I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm praying through it, I'm, you know, it's fear. They are, we weren't taught, none of us were taught in school how to start a business and be an entrepreneur. None of us. <laughs> it's not a class that they offer. And, you know, in fact, they teach us uh, to fear that it, because they teach us to find the best job that's paying the most money and go to the best college and do, you know, but you're in essence, you're working for someone else. 
So when these people come to us and they want to start some form of alternative education, what we're finding is that the reason that they're not launching as quickly as we would like them to is because of fear. They don't know how to navigate this entrepreneurial process, which is why we are thrilled to have partnered with um, the Stanley Herzog Foundation's School Box program, Mm -hmm. which is a, a wonderful online platform that the that my our ambassadors you know our consultants myself that we walk through that entrepreneurial process with those founders together so they're not having to do it by themselves they're not having to figure out you know because it's a lot of paperwork it's a lot it's a lot to start your own business it's a lot to even wrap your head around that sure. but once you get it figured out it's so easy and you then most of these people are are saying to us man I wish I would have done that sooner right. Uh, you know what? Let's um, let's pause here for a break. Uh, we love Herzog around here, so maybe we can circle back to that in a minute. But um, let me pause here because we're up against it. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are Happy to have you on board. And we're also happy today to have Christy DeVigili. She's the program director from uh, Florida Citizens Alliance. 
and we're we're talking all things micro schools at this point. Uh, and uh, Christy, we we finished that last segment, and you had mentioned the Herzog Foundation, uh, and I would love it if you would if you would touch on on Herzog, uh, you know, and just kind of tell us your involvement uh, because this group, you know, in terms of anybody who's interested in in starting a school. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter the size. If you have this vision and this and this dream and this passion to engage in education, uh, Herzog is a wonderful place to start. So maybe you could give us a little bit of information about uh, Herzog. Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, um, Stanley Herzog was a railroad tycoon and a he had. I, 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 he had, he had a lot of money. We'll just put it that way. And okay. when he passed away, he left an endowment of, I think, I believe it's an upwards of $300 million uh, in this endowment to improve Christian education across America. Mm. And so the, the, because of this endowment, the Stanley Herzog foundation was formed and one of and these, what they do, they do everything with excellence because, you know, they, because excellence honors God. It inspires others. And when you have $300 million, you can, you can hire excellence, <laughs> right? So, you know, and that, that's what they did. You know, they, they, there's no, um, spends or, or there's nothing, no cost is, uh, is too much when it comes to the education of our kids. And they really haven't spared any expense when it comes to the school box program. Now, what does school box do? It helps with entrepreneurship in Christian education. And, you know, there, there are lots of Christian schools micro schools or cooperatives that are popping up all over the United States. And it is, it's difficult to get one of those started. So what hers, what Schoolbox has done it, to assist these Christian education entrepreneurs, because that's what they are, is they've created this online resource called Schoolbox, which consists of lessons, resources, and that one-on-one mentorship, which, you know, is offered by, um, a different, well, in the state of Florida and with our team, it's offered by one of our ambassadors. But I know throughout the state, these mentors have actually are uh, people that run current Christian schools right now all over the, you know, all over the country. And it's, it's a really great um, program. And, and I'll tell you, it has streamlined the process of launching a school uh, significantly. And, and I, I, that's no exaggeration. We used to because it is an entrepreneurial process, you know, it's starting in your own business. So, you know, that used to consist of hours, you know, long meetings with some of these founders and lots of paperwork and very, it was just very monotonous, the whole process. But now with Schoolbox, oh, it is so fun. And they have these videos that are excellently done. They have these really amazing resources and templates. It is incredible. I suggest if you're out there somewhere in the United States and you're thinking to yourself right now, I want to start a, a homeschool co-op or a Christian private school or a micro school of your own. Definitely check out uh, H, it's hfschoolbox.com. And I, I I like how you said it's it's so fun. It's it's a great time to start a school. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it is fun. And it, that's a hard thing to say these days because this is a very hard line of work. And when so when you find a program or you find you know, a, another organization that makes the process easier. Oh, it's so easy to recommend them to other people. 
Yeah, that is excellent. That is such a great piece of advice because you're right. If you know, if if you don't have to reinvent the wheel, then you know, don't do it. Yep. In ministry, we always worked by one of my favorite mentors in my my life. She always used to tell us, "Honey, work smarter, not harder." Uh, That's right. That's right. And you know, here we we encourage people. uh, You know, we just I just say all the time. if you if you feel this burden, if you feel this passion, if if you've ever asked yourself, you know, what can I do to fix the problem? Then that means you want to be part of the solution. And, and maybe you need to uh, start considering um, a, approaching a pastor in, in your area, you know, about a, about a, a micro school. I, I encourage people to, to do this all the time. You know, it's it, you're, you. You had mentioned something about fear earlier. Yes. It, you, you know, fear is this thing that it just sometimes it can be debilitating. It can be overwhelming. It can keep us from our gifts, our callings, our passions, just because we're afraid. And and I ask this question: Afraid of what? Mm. What are you afraid of? You know, just get out there and do it. And I, I, and I, I love. I love the uh, connection that you have with with Herzog and, and Schoolbox, and you know they've kind of made it uh, almost an an easy template to follow. Can can I use the word easy? Yeah, yeah, and you know that's if, it, if there's anyone out there looking to even you know model what we're doing um, with our micro school initiative and our ambassador program, you know Schoolbox is one of several. Uh, resource partners, you know, that, that we're, that we're, that we're working with right now. Uh, you know, we really believe in, um, in working with value aligned uh, partners out there, you know, whether it's a curriculum providers or supplemental resource providers, or even, e- even uh, organizations that provide funding and grant opportunities and, uh, and financial institutions, you know, if if they're if we're value aligned, if we're all believers, we should be working together. <laughs> you know, I mean, Lord knows that the opposition works together every single day to come against us, and it really is time for you know the body body of believers to to join together. And you know, you said something just a minute ago about um, if 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 you're out there and you want to get something like this started to talk to your church, you know, I believe that's the best the best solution and the best suggestion in this entire conversation is the only way that churches will really feel motivated and and, and inspired to create these alternative learning models is if they have the support and uh, the desire from their congregation. You know, they're going to do and and follow hopefully in the direction that their people, you know, want them to take. Mm -hmm. And if their people have a need, well, you know, it's it's the church's responsibility to fill that. So I, I think that's a wonderful suggestion. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Thanks for uh, thanks for saying that. You know, we uh, we we like, and it sounds very very similar to to what you're doing. But we like what uh, you know the Turning Point Academy Association has has started and 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 what they've begun in terms of of helping. Uh, people who who might want to start um, a micro school, and I don't know if you are familiar with with what they're doing, but it's it's right in line with with what you guys are are doing in Florida. I am. I'm very familiar with it. In fact, we are. <laughs> so over the course of this next year, you know, we will be working on um, 
what those next part, what their our next partnerships will look like, and who mm-hmm. they will be with. And I I know that they are one that we I know they're one that we are planning on working with much more in the future. Yes. We love what they're doing. Yep, yep. Uh, we love it as well. Um, Hutz has has been on the show, and you know we just you know, I I I think from my part. I want to promote uh, these types of, of of works. You know what you're doing in Florida, and and how that can grow nationally. What what Hudson the team are doing with with Turning Point, and you know I, I know that they set a goal to to bring in uh, I think twenty cohorts uh, last fall. Twenty just twenty individuals. You know, twenty organizations, twenty twenty micro schools that they could that they could launch and and get off the ground. Uh, and you know, it's going to start small, mm-hmm. you, you, you had this goal and, 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 and now you realize, okay, we, we've got three, um, you know, so I get, it's going to, it's going to start small, but I like what you said that, that you find that, that you have found hope in Liberty minded churches. Cause they're out there. Uh, they do just, exist. They exist. <laughs> and I, I think it's important for people like us to, to, to get this message, out to as many as humanly possible. So if you're listening and you think you might attend a liberty-minded church, then um you should probably have a have a meeting with your pastor. For sure. Because you know, even if all you do is you pitch to your pastor and you say, listen, I think that I'd like to start, you know, I just want to homeschool my own kids here. Or, you know, what about just the kids in our own congregation? If you just started small, it doesn't have to be a full five-day-a-week program where you're completely mirroring everything that's going on in the public schools. I would actually advise against that. You know, we, what we want or what, what our aim should be moving forward is not to inundate our children with eight hours a day filled with just nonsense, because at the end of the day, that's what it is. And there are countless studies that show that anything more than, depending on the age level, but, but for the average first grader, anything more than four hours mm-hmm. of learning is counterproductive <laughs> to learning. So they stop learning after four hours. So come noon, they're done. They're checked out. And you wonder why so many of these kids have behavioral problems and are being put on medication and Lord knows what else. So if true. we if we just bring it all back home and we, we really look at what our kids need to learn and what we would like them to learn and then what they would like to learn, because that's a huge one in all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what we would find is that school would be a lot less time throughout the week, way fewer days. Families would feel a lot less pressure because now, and this is coming from a, um, I am a not so new, but I started homeschooling my youngest daughter when she was in going into second grade and okay. she is now in sixth grade. So I think, you know, we're, we're over the hump, you know, feeling like a new, a, a newbie in this. You're a veteran. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. But, you know, I, I talk to parents every single day that are that I literally spend months talking them over this ledge because it is so scary thinking of what am I going to do with my kid for eight hours a day? What am I? I don't even I'm not a teacher. I don't know how to do this stuff. Well, when you understand 
and you realize that you don't have to teach them for eight hours a day. They don't need to learn for eight hours a day. I mean, no one in that situation is going to benefit from eight hours of learning. You can start to breathe again and you can you know, I have a couple of books that I recommend to families all the time. One of them is Unschool Yourself First. And it it, it tells you just how to unschool yourself mm. so that then you can look at and approach education from a much more realistic viewpoint. And it's just little things like that, that in combination with these conversations with our pastors, mm-hmm. that I think we don't need to, we don't need to take down the Department of Education overnight. Because if we if we do this in our communities, what we'll notice is one day we're going to wake up a couple of years from now and we'll, we'll we'll be looking at a public education system that just looks so drastically different from anything that we thought we would be able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. You know, I I, I think it's huge that you, you just said, let's not worry about taking down the Department of Education overnight. Let's Let's start in our communities. And that's really the, that's kind of how the country's built. That's how the the, the framework of the constitution is set up. It's from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And, and in our communities, we, we still have, we, we still have control. We, we still have, as of right now, in most states, you know, there's still parental rights and, and we can still do this sort of thing. Yes. And you know what, in some of the, in some of the, uh, I'll call them the most difficult states for education. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll preface that with for public education. Mm-hmm. Um, in some of the most dangerous states for public education, have they have some of the most uh, liberty-minded home education laws. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- they really do make it uh, easier than it is probably even in states like my own sometimes mm-hmm. to homeschool your children. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is, is that it's it's viewed so negatively by the public school and by the communities at large. I mean, you have to remember in our throughout the United States and m- many people don't know this, but we have these lovely little organizations called community foundations. They're mm-hmm. all over the U.S. Yeah. and they look on the outside. They appear as if they're, you know, these wonderful philanthropic organizations that you know, just are all about providing scholarships and opportunity and blah, blah, blah. But really, they're very nefarious. And what these community organizations, their end goal is to create community schools. And a community school services the whole child. And you had mentioned, you know, when you first started here or today that you mentioned about Colorado and California. And Colorado and California have some of the scariest laws uh, regarding parental rights in the entire nation. And, you know, they have they have these community schools and in these community schools, they also have laws that, you know, say that, you know, if if your child decides that it wants to identify as something different than, you know, than they were born as that and, and the parent and they feel not even that the parent has done anything, but that if the child feels that they won't be affirmed by their parent, that these community schools have the authority and the legal the legal authority to allow that child or to, to remove that child from the home and never, they don't, they don't even have to communicate it to the family. Mm. You know, you drop your kid off. Could you imagine dropping your child off for school one day and then not ever being able to pick them back up again? No, no, I could, I can't even wrap my head around that, No, but that's why these home education rules or laws are so important. And that's why we must guard them with our lives 
nationwide, more so than our public education laws. You know, the public education system is meant for the government. And then, but the but home education laws, that really is where, uh, where our freedom is. You know, I, I, I love that you just said we need to, uh, we need to guard these laws even, you know, more so than, than others. I, I live in Michigan and, you know, we're, this state is a little left of center in terms of its leadership. Well, maybe more than a little. Yes. But we have uh, we have an excellent uh, situation here for homeschool families. There, the the, the regulation is um, it's limited. Uh, there isn't a lot of red tape. There isn't a lot of governmental oversight. Uh, but uh, the left, who are the leaders in this state, realize that. And mm. they just there was just a letter that was sent out from the Department of Education just a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, it was sent to the to the state house and, and Senate members. And the, the the point of the letter was, hey, you know, we should probably have we should probably have more regulation on the homeschool families, and and we should because of of child safety. We 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 need to make sure that the kids are safe. So you know, and and this is starting to. Uh, they're just starting to to lay the the groundwork here in this state, and I love that you said we need to guard these laws. In this case, I believe in Michigan, we need to guard the fact that that we're not uh, laden down with regulation. Uh, that Absolutely, we have freedom to to homeschool our kids. Absolutely, uh, that's terrifying. That that's absolutely is. terrifying. That that the, that to think that the government has the right. To, to even question whether or not your children are 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 safe. They're at home with you. Of <laughs> course they're safe. Of course they're safe. Come on. Now, you, you know, they um, you know, there's been a couple of cases here in Michigan where um uh, you know families that were homeschooling were uh, abusing their, their kids. And 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 they're they're saying that if if these if if the laws in Michigan were not so lax and this abuse wouldn't have happened, what they're not telling the public is, you know, CPS didn't do their job. There were some concerns, and CPS mm-hmm. you know didn't follow up. And you know they're they're not referring to the ineptness of their own um, departments. All they want to do is just talk about this was a homeschool family, ha. But I, I agree with you that the child is, is not going to be in a safer place in 99% of the time than at their kitchen table. Absolutely. You know, no one cares more about the education and upbringing of a child than that child's parents. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the government says. I don't care, care what branch of the government says it. Mm-hmm. You know, the government will never be more qualified to make any decision that that exists within the universe for my children than I am capable of doing. Ah. I will always have their best interest in mind. 100%. And that's an excellent spot uh, to pause for this break. We'll pick this conversation up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome 
American Speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board today. Uh, joining our conversation with Christy DiVigili. She is with the Florida Citizens Alliance. She's their program director. And uh, she is, um, you know, deeply involved in, in finding solutions, uh, you know, for education. Micro school initiative is is her thing, and right now we're we're in her wheelhouse. Uh, Christy, I, I I wanted to ask you. We were, you know, just at the end of that that last segment. You know, we were talking about regulations and and things that are happening here in Michigan, in Florida. Are you finding that in terms of setting up? micro schools? Are, are you finding that you have to jump through some red tape? Are there regulations on your end in this great red state of Florida? So there, the, the, it's funny that you, it's a lot of these questions, they're not funny. It's just, it's funny because these are topics that are starting to come up. I was just asked to be in a meeting, to sit in a meeting. Um, I'm not sure if it's happening next week or the following, but I was asked to sit in a meeting, you know, coming up here to discuss creating a definition for the word micro school. Hmm. And when I heard that, um, I immediate my, the, you know, the hackles immediately went up. Mm -hmm. I immediately was on the defense because I know, I know what that means that, you know, when, when, whenever you ask uh, your legislators to create a definition, it's because uh, regulation is needed somewhere. And spy, you know, someone believes that something needs to be regulated and it's, or, and it's not being regulated. And so I, I will, uh, I won't talk too much on the whole definition portion of it outside of the fact that, you know, I, I see what's coming, but right now, 
the um, regulations are kind of vague. There is no definition for, for what a micro school is or what a hybrid school is or, mm-hmm. you know, what a pod or, you know, anything else is. And um, so what we've found is that there are a lot of people kind of just doing a lot of different things right now. And not all of them are, are very legal, but, you know, there's not there's not a ton of recourse for that unless someone complains. So uh, I will not sit here and tell you that that is my recommendation for anyone because there is a legal avenue for people to take if they want to start a micro school. And, you know, we have this, this, we have wonderful laws in the state of Florida regarding homeschooling. You know, they're not perfect, but they are very, um, they're very free and, you know, they're very open-ended and, you know, they, they allow for, a lot of things, so long as, you know, the parent, it, it, so long as it's parent directed, parent led instruction, you know, that can look like a lot of different things. And now with the creation of, uh, with, or with the expansion of these uh, ESAs here in Florida, and especially with the person, the PEP scholarship or the personalized education program scholarship, mm-hmm. which is designed for homeschooling stu- families, um, especially with that now. So a little bit of language has been created in regards to learning centers and home education resource centers. So there are some little pockets of legal uh, of law that can be used to create it as like a, a for-profit um, home education resource center or learning center, you know, something like that. And for a nonprofit, you know, of the same. But really where I find that the most liberty lies, <laughs> and this is not going to come as a shock to you, <laughs> but the most liberty for any kind of alternative education solution, whether it be a Christian private school, a micro school, a hybrid, a homeschool co-op, any of the above is inside a church as a ministry mm-hmm. because Contrary to what we have all been taught and been told to believe, churches still have some of the most protections of anything else in the entire United States. Right. So why we are not you are taking advantage of that is, is beyond me, but that is where the most liberty lies. Now, when you when you if it's if you're not going to have that inside of a, of a church, um, uh, what I'm finding here in Florida to be a wonderful avenue are, um, are farmers. So we've got a lot of agricultural land out here mm-hmm. and it is very easy to get an agricultural space, uh, or to get, you know, some of your, just to just fence off, you know, a couple of acres, even an acre doesn't even matter as long as it's, uh, zoned the right zoning. So ag, ag one, ag two, mm-hmm. you can get it, uh, you can just put like a little, like a pole barn type structure on it and you can it it can be an agritourism business because in agritourism they you're allowed to provide classes so you could have a home education resource center or a learning center there and the beauty of it is is you get around a lot of the regulatory red tape that exists when you have a private school designation or when you try to go into a commercial space without being a private school just as a business and they try to regulate you like a childcare facility because they don't have a designation for micro schools. Mm -hmm. So they come in and they automatically, like when fire comes in, 
when, you know, the county comes in and they're trying to do your certificate of occupancy, mm-hmm. you know, when they come in, they're looking at you and they're, they're trying to, they're trying to delineate whether or not you're, you're a school or, or you're a daycare center. Cause they don't have anything else. You know, that that's literally all they have in their, in their, in their book or you're a business, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's a totally different category. But mm-hmm. most of these places, most of these schools, they go in, um, unknowingly and they'll 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 just divulge too much information mm. and they'll say and, and, then, and then the county or the city or whomever then they designate them and they put them in a category and then i've got you know places that have come to me and they've said man what do i do i can't open up a school here like they want to charge me seventy five thousand dollars for fire sprinklers to get me up to code and you know like and they're they're asking me all the wrong questions. They're asking me where they can get the money for this, where they can find funding, where they can get a new space. And I'm all I'm wanting to know from them is, well, what are you designated as? Are you designated as a private school? Are you designated as a daycare center? You know, so that's why the school box program is really a lifesaver, you know, because with with the combination of school box and the mentor, you really get that one on one personalized you know, experience and you, you don't ever even run into those problems. It's just a breeze. Mm, I love that. That is such great information. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. You know, we, um, we are looking at, uh, you know, schools that I, I, I've just pulled up this map here and it's, it's a map from Florida and this is from Broward County. Uh, there are 283 schools in the Broward County school district. Uh, and there are a plethora of them that uh, in the last two years that have experienced at least a 20% decline in enrollment. Mm. Elementary, uh, Watkins, uh, Sunshine, you know, Coconut Creek Elementary, uh, Hollywood Park, uh, you know, uh, Broward Children's Center, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, Ben Gamla Charter School. I mean, so it's not even just... Um, uh, you know the the, the publics. It, it's the charters as well. You know, thirty four percent decline, twenty four. I'm just I'm seeing these numbers. Mm-hmm. It's just in one county, mm-hmm. and you know, I I think that the more this this happens, we, you know, we I think the church, uh, you know, people like you and me, and just everyday c- citizens that are are kind of operating grassroots organizations, well, I think we need to be prepared for an influx that that's coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I don't believe these numbers are going to stay as low as 20, 25, 30% enrollment loss. I, they're just going to keep growing. Well, at so, least in the state of Florida, they are. I mean, with the expansion of the ESA uh, and, and I mean, we, we, we maxed out that 20,000 <laughs> with the PEP scholar. So we had 20,000 PEP scholarships that were awarded the first year. Uh, they'll, they'll increase that by 40,000 this coming school year, but then by another th- 40,000 in the, the, the school year after that until they hit 2027, at which point they will open that PEP scholarship up to, er- to everyone. By that time, if these school districts do not get their act together, if they don't start focusing on student performance instead of indoctrination and, and, and radicalizing their teachers, because it's still there, it goes on here every single day. You know, if they don't start to put their focus in the right spots, and then that includes charter schools, because at the end of the day, don't let don't let the name fool you. A charter school is still a, a government run public school. 
Sure. It, they just they have a little bit more freedom, a little tiny bit. Sure. But if, you know, if they don't if they don't change their ways, they're they will literally not have enough students to to be even worrying about come 2027, at least here in the state of Florida. I don't know about the rest of the country, but here, uh, you know, our governor has set it has set this up to where, you know, the the expansion of the ESA is um, it's coming, whether people like it or not. And parent, what we've seen this year is we saw that max out almost immediately. We saw a waiting list as of like December. That is fantastic. <laughs> you know, we we, we are going to see it. Uh, we, we are. We're going to see it nationwide. I wish we had uh, more time. Uh, we're up against it. I, I wanted to. I wanted to ask you about um, the uh, the situation with with the teachers union and, and Miami Dade and um, you know some other things in in terms of. Uh, you know, of, of what's happening on that end. And it's, in my opinion, it's good news. I, I think more eyes are opening, even of teachers that are, that are inside uh, the schools. I, I, I think we're, we're going to continue to see more of that, but I'm up against it. Uh, Christy, I, I just, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your, uh, uh, for the information and really the work that you guys are doing there with, uh, Florida Citizens Alliance. It's, it's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for, you know, it's like I said, for taking the time to talk with me today. And if any of your viewers out or listeners out there, uh, would like to get in touch, they are welcome to do so. I'll get my email is Christy. That's C H R I S T Y at go F L C A.org. And our website is www.goflca.org. Thank you so much for uh, having me today. I really appreciate it. Excellent. Excellent. You're welcome. Uh, and thank you for your uh, your contact information, for all the work that you're doing. And, you know, we encourage uh, you folks out there. Uh, grassroots is it's it's what's going to, to save us. It really is. It's what's going to save the country. And it, we, we're smart. We, we are. We're smart people. And we, we, we have the ability to to join a, a grassroots group and movement uh, that aligns with our values. And we can turn this thing around. All right. Uh, that's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. <laughs>